nerds, this is Nicole Desain. Welcome to Talent Tales, the show where I interview leaders who have brought design thinking to their talent and HR practices. In today's episode, we have a special guest on the show. I'm joined by Laura Weingartner, who is the Employee Experience Manager at Cleverbridge. Laura, welcome to the show. Hello. Nice. To ha- thanks for having me, Nicole. Sure. So, Laura, who are you and what is your story? I am, as you said, employee experience manager at Cleverbridge, which um, fills a lot of buckets, I would say, currently. At Cleverbridge, we are a global company of 350, but I started my journey in design thinking back uh, in college. I studied interior design, which design thinking is historically started within the design functions of engineering, um, industrial design, architecture, etc. So that's where my basic knowledge of understanding the end user and empathizing started and then um, designing from there to create a solution that fits the human need. Uh, From there, I came to Chicago on a whim when no one was hiring interior designers during the recession and found Cleverbridge as a part-time receptionist gig, but immediately fell in love with the people, the culture, and the trust they put in me to bringing my ideas to life, which were all centered on um, people. So I had the participated in developing health and wellness initiatives, general facilities organization, as well as where I became familiar with the other functions in our company that support employees is our office relocation, which we've now done three times since I started. But that really uh, made it clear that bringing together IT, culture teams, HR facilities was so important to being able to create a seamless transition, not only, but also a space that fits the needs of employees. Then after my time in office management, I moved over to marketing, specifically event marketing to start where I loved um, designing experiences that were meant to bring our brand to life. They were not just information sessions. They were really meant to engage our clients and prospects in what our brand is. That was everything from hosting. One of our clients has his own side company for stakes. We knew this was his passion. We knew this was something that Um, was unique to him. So we hosted an event centered on him. And it was a steak grill off between two different companies of steaks, we had taste tests. So so that's just an example of the way we got really creative, um, and non traditional in our approach to engaging our clients and prospects. Mm -hmm. Then that's also where I really learned the art of storytelling, um, employer branding and communication, which I use every single day, uh, in my current role of employee experience as that, I think is maybe 75% of the, the effort that goes into anything that we create, no matter how wonderful it is, no matter how um, much it represents the needs of the end user, if we can't effectively communicate it um, and engage others in that communication, often it will fall flat. Then in January 2018 is when I started my role as, as employee experience manager. And the impetus for that at Cleverbridge was we were getting so much feedback. We had just started um, a pretty simple employee survey where we were getting all of this feedback through surveys, in-person feedback. Um, We didn't know how to navigate it, and we didn't know what was going to have the highest impact on our bottom line and our employees versus what 
was just the loudest voices. You know, is that office shower really what's going to help you do your best work? Or maybe we need to look into some more uh, career pathing and um, career growth opportunities as a company and tailor those specifically to the individual and the department and where you are at your, in your career. So that's why this role was started and it has been a year and nine month journey um, since then. So exciting. So we're excited to hear more about your journey in, in, a, in a minute. Um, but I just wanted to hone in on one of the points that you made around that employee experience is really a cross-functional sort of effort. And uh, maybe can you talk to us a little bit about how that works at, at Cleverbridge? And I know Laura also was our June HR Hackathon Chicago winner, where we hacked, you know, how might we collaborate across functions to deliver a seamless employee experience? So maybe you can weave in some of the ideas that came up for you. For you. And by the way, the poster of that is behind me. So that, that's the graphic recording of that. Uh, ideation session but so maybe you can talk a little bit how you guys are structured and then secondly what ideas did you take away from the hackathon and what maybe have you prototyped or something sure uh, when we were smaller it was organic uh, just by nature of being a little more agile really close to each other the, t the functions that were regularly involved were also my friends, to be honest. So it was really easy to say, hey, Mark, can you help me out with improving uh, the interface of this portal for, for employees? So I had IT next, sitting next to me. I had marketing next to me to help me communicate. I had um, what we, we have a culture coach team, which is we, there are culture ambassadors that we use to not only gather additional insight, but also as champions of the work that we're doing to help act as multipliers in the organization. So I was within that team as well. So it was an easy connection to share what was going on outside of that team with them so that they can then act as multipliers with others. Uh, and then HR, of course, which office management and HR started as one team at Cleverbridge. It became two, but now we're exploring the possibility of bringing it back into one. So what we've done since implementing the role, and this was about the time when I joined the hackathon, what we had done. Um, the global director of people had, we had worked closely to bring all functions together that I just mentioned in a monthly meeting where we all came together, we shared what we're working on, um, how can we align the work that we're doing, and how can we help each other. That was the most basic way of aligning those functions. And then we defined a communication plan to not independently be sharing to employees what we were working on, but it was one communication about what we were doing for employees. And we also provided a forum once a month where employees got to come and ask questions. And they didn't have to think about Who's, which team is responsible for what, but we were all there to answer their questions. So it started with communicating, and then in another part of bringing those teams together is we created a shared vision for the employee experience. And that was simply started in a room, and there wasn't a great approach to how we did it. It was more of a wordsmithing exercise, and when we do it next time, I think we'll take more of the data and insights that we're now starting to get from employees to further inform what that vision will be. But it was the first time we had a shared vision across all of these teams, 
all of these teams created a mission that was not a description of what they do, but how they help employees. And we shared that. So that's how we brought the teams together to start. And then moving forward, I think as we scale, having a structure where all of those teams are potentially under one umbrella could help us ensure that initial setup is sustainable for the long term. So when I came to the hackathon, I remember one side of the room was interestingly really focused on big picture strategy um, alignment and the other side of the room had a lot of really cool specific ideas for engaging employees and the more detailed things that um, we can do to create a seamless experience. So it was it was very validating um, in one sense to hear, okay, we're taking the right steps, but it reinforced we had a little more work to do when it came to alignment from senior leadership. There was alignment, I would say, within these teams, but at the executive level, we weren't quite, quite there yet. And that's what we've been working on since then is alignment of having a people first culture and connecting that people first culture with our client experience side of the organization and fusing them as one given they are inextricably linked so we are speaking about our customers as one now which is pretty monumental for us our customers are now clients prospects employees so defining a common language at Cleverbridge is in progress but that's Something that I learned from the hackathon is that we really got to put some more work in at the higher level before we can start um, bringing to life some of those more detailed ideas. I think the systems overlap was brought up during the hackathon, ensuring we have processes across all of these teams that ensure seamless handoffs is really important. So I started kind of a little example that seems silly, but it really makes an impact. We had two systems for paper destruction uh, at Cleverbridge, paper shredders and boxes. Why did we need two ways to uh, dispose of sensitive information? Had to go through compliance, but compliance, is this information updated in your onboarding presentation? Is this information updated in our annual IT presentation to employees? So it's just ensuring that one decision that s creates an efficiency for us is then in turn communicated across all of our touch points to employees. So just thought of that this morning since it was relevant. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, I liked in the meeting, uh, the session, someone suggested employees establish metrics. And I think mm -hmm. I really like that idea. Once we we just onboarded CultureAmp. Um, our first survey goes live on Monday, so I'm very excited to have a, we're getting better at our data-driven approach. But if we, after we kind of get a, get our feet wet with that and get better, I really want to take a, our next step and not those, our people teams defining metrics, but rather engaging employees around the metrics that they would like um, to measure success by. And then data, that was, also one of the biggest themes, every group somehow seemed to tie it back to data and busting silos through data. So that is was reinforcement for one of our ideas to implement CultureAmp as a tool at Cleverbridge to give us more data that we can slice and dice and really support our decision-making um, at Cleverbridge. 
So many great insights already, but the, I think the three things that stood out to me were um, asking each team mm -hmm. to describe what they do um, from an employee's perspective. Love that. Um, then secondly, the alignment to customer experience and making that connection for people. And then what you just said about data. Sometimes the perception is that design thinking or employee experience design is qualitative, mm -hmm. which is true. It's a qualitative method. And I always recommend to add quantitative data to the decision-making um, to it as well. So, um, you know, sometimes you start with the data, right? You look at engagement survey data or ATS data, whatever, to try to narrow down the problem. And then you use design thinking to sort of uh, understand more of the how and the why of it. So mm -hmm. I love that. Um, everybody on the call, just FYI again, uh, put all your questions in the chat. We'll get to them the, uh, the last 10 minutes of the recording. So make sure you get all your questions answered from Laura today. Um, a little bit about you, Laura. So a question I asked everybody is, what's your creative superpower? <laughs> My creative superpower um, and Cassie, who's on the call, helped me with this because I sometimes you don't know yourself as well as others do. But mine is um, fusing the big picture with nitty gritty details. I have an ability to think barely dream really, really big, sometimes too big, but then translate that down into um, thinking through every little detail that goes into making that big picture um, possible. Awesome. That's a great superpower. <laughs> So we mentioned a few terms, um, employee experience and I throughout design thinking, or sometimes people refer to it as human-centered design. In your mind, what is the connection between employee experience and human-centered design? How would you articulate that connection? I would say they are one in the same. Um, and that has been part of my journey is understanding this language that's out there that is very different based on industry, based on function. Um, but I would say dis for me, design thinking and employee experience are both geared towards human-centered design. And there are other terms out there like user experience, service design, which I would say are all synonymous. Um, employee experience management, I think is a a specific role or function that supports employee experience. So employee experience management to me is understanding that is what we are trying to achieve, but having the, the tools, the skills, the processes to be able to engage everyone in creating that human-centered design. But what I feel like you don't see as much as I'm pretty much self-taught. I join every webinar, read every book I can on these topics, talk to you, Angela, anyone. Sometimes you don't hear as much about the organizational limitations that would prevent you from being able to create human-centered things. We need to budgets, employee resources, um, processes. There's a lot of limitations and business objectives that you have to balance with becoming a human-centered organization. So that is what we're exploring how we can do that um, right now. And that's a great segue into my next question. What are maybe some of the limitations or barriers that you ran into in implementing design, design thinking or employee experience at your organization that others could learn from? Yeah. Uh, more of it being a more German traditional company. I know you're German, so I can make that dig. Um, <laughs> uh, 
natural skepticism of something that seems many people that I've spoken with feel like employee experience is a nice to have or something that is meant to entertain employees is what uh, someone said to me recently. It's been really hard trying to find effective ways to communicate what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, and that goes back to my point around there are so many different ways to talk about the same thing. And most recently, what has allowed me to find common ground is connecting employee experience management to the function of product management. They are essentially the same thing and we have that at Cleverbridge. So now I have a language that exists that I can use that is not the softer, do my best work, moments that matter, you know, the things that we all understand, but maybe some a CFO, for instance, isn't able to connect to. So being able to build into my influence, um, the ability to measure what we are doing is very important. Um, so that would be the biggest barrier I've had is simply the communication of what this is and what we're trying to accomplish. And then resources. Um, it's would be nice if we had all of the employees and all the skills and all of the money to do all of the things that we would love to do, but we don't right now. So prioritization is the challenge right now. And we're starting to do some workshops around prioritization. We've, we've done this for years, but I think with these new approaches with not only Coltramp, but also the other skills that we use, interviews, focus groups, um, et cetera, we now can paint a better picture of what is what needs to be prioritized to achieve our business objectives. So connecting business objectives to our prioritization, I would say is has been the biggest challenge, but we're ready to, we're getting there. And I love that because, you know, large organizations usually have bigger budgets, you know, they might be able to have vendors, consultants help with all of this, but you work for a fairly small organization. So, um, you know, how do you make these things work on a budget? Right. Right. So I love this notion of prioritization. Um, by the way, Jennifer saying in the chat that she loves the, uh, the shift, the shift that you explained from employee engagement to employee experience. She loves Yay. that. And Maggie said earlier that she loves your office and I always comment on the flamingo. <laughs> so very creative. Thank I'm sure there's a lot of ideation. Mm -hmm. So, um, guys, please keep the questions coming for in a little bit. We get to your questions. Um, but before we go to your guys' questions, I have a couple more. Um, what's the impact you've noticed after having implemented or starting to implement employee experience or human-centered design methods in the organization? I think what I really see the impact that the teams that now feel they have a dedicated responsibility to improving the employee experience, they feel a greater sense of purpose. Um, our office management team is no longer just taskmasters. Task they are engaged in a, a greater purpose, and that goes to the IT team as well, all of the teams that I mentioned. So for me, that's personally what I felt is the greatest achievement. Um, and for the other half, from the organization perspective, I think we are still in progress to really feel the success of what we are building right now. But I see that coming within the next few months. 
-hmm. So I'll, I'll get back to you in two months. Yeah. We'll all be um, curious to hear. Um, what's your favorite design thinking resource or hack? I'm not, it's not specific to design thinking, but I love Atlassian's resources that they have on their website. They have really broken down cool, what they call team plays for orchestrating things like empathy workshops or journey mapping. And it's so simple that anyone can do it. You don't need um, to go through a, a class to, to execute these plays. And they also have great um, tools such as, I believe they're Miro now, but it used to be Real-Time real Board, mm -hmm. which being a global company, doing this ideation and workshopping um, globally over Zoom, it's been a huge help to us uh, having a virtual post-it note space to do this work. Yeah, so just for those of you who don't know what this is, so there's actually, you probably have seen the live workshops with all the post-its and there's tools now like Mural and Miro, you know, the uh, um, Stormboard is another one where you can do this in a virtual space. Yeah. Um, so in summary, Laura, what tips do you have for those who want to get started using human-centered design in the field of human resources? I would say just do it. Um, I, I think first you need to engage your champions and your advocates within the business and bounce your ideas off them and identify who your network is going to be to bring this to life. But you can, you can apply design thinking without totally transforming your organization. Any project can start with empathy and testing, and we don't need a grand restructuring to accomplish that. So I would, that's my just do it, uh, educate yourself and test it out and learn from maybe what didn't work and then try it again. Um, but then if you're really interested in creating an experiential organization, start at the top, um, work with executives and senior leadership before trying to fight your way up to the top. I, I think that would save you a lot of time. Yeah, awesome, thank you. And then I always close with um, sharing a quote and letting you react to it. Are you ready? Oh boy. <laughs> I take that as a yes. Okay, quote, if you think good design is expensive, you should look at the cost of bad design, unquote, Ralph Speth. I think that is exactly the benefit that employee experience brings. The investment that goes into taking the additional time to understanding the employee and creating great experiences pays off exponentially um, in business in the bottom line. So that's how I react to that. Awesome. All right, so let's get to audience questions. So Maggie asked, what's been the biggest surprise or unexpected outcome you've experienced along your employee experience journey? Hmm. I was surprised at how many people wanted to be a part of this. I'll call it a movement at Clever Bridge. I really expected resistance from some people that were more set in their traditional ways. Um, but I, I, like I said before, the purpose element to giving them a greater sense of contribution, I, I see as the biggest surprise, but also the biggest impact. Mm -hmm. And Cassie is asking, 
Who has been your biggest advocate in your organization as you work to implement these initiatives? And what advice do you have for finding and engaging advocates? Good one. Our CEO absolutely has always been my biggest advocate. And I've been with the company for 10 years now, and I've engaged advocates at still senior leadership levels. Um, so our VP of Marketing and Communications, she was really the one that I was within her team and I expressed this desire to do something that was outside of her team, which for her probably was tough, but she advocated with our director of people to help that transition and establish the role. So the CEO, this his support of me has been first and foremost, but then those two senior leaders, our VP of people and our VP of marketing, fusing together to, um, the role could set anywhere in the organization. And that was something that we couldn't decide to start because really I am a connector of teams, not one team myself. So they fought it out, but those two were my biggest advocates. And I'd say, to engage advocates, it takes getting to know people on a personal but also professional level one-on-one. -on -one. So putting the time in to have lunch, to have coffee, to ask questions, to ask how you can help. And that goes for outside of the company too when you're networking um, is how you get those advocates. Great. And we've got one more question right now in the chat um, from Heather. She asked, you mentioned employee metrics. How supportive is leadership in accepting employee metrics requests? Um, request. I'm not sure what you mean by requests. Oh, or what if an employee is defining the metrics? I would assume that's what that refers to. Yeah, she's nodding. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, that, we haven't even suggested that yet. We first are implementing OKRs as an organization right now, objectives and key results. So we're defining what those key result metrics are first to see how we do want to measure employee experience. And then once we have what our key results are, then we will go to the employees and ask, is this the metric that you think supports you? Um, and what do you hope we achieve? We just established an employee communication OKR and we defined ourselves this OKR and the key results. But in the long term, I see us being able to engage employees. Is this the key result you'd like to see in the organization? And I'm 100% leadership would be supportive of that. Great. Um, that's all the questions that we had. And thank you so much, Laura, for such great, great insights on the employee experience and the connection to design thinking and all the great work you've done at Cleverbridge uh, and really advancing the discussion around employee experience. So thank you on behalf of, of us all really and for sharing so freely. Um, and I hope everybody um, learned a lot. We'll share the recording and then hopefully we'll see you at a future Talent Hills webinar. Bye. Thanks everyone.